You're listening to Vincenzo Landino on the Brand Boost Podcast, powered by Zoom. Joining me is Miss Amy Schmitzhauer, a.k.a. Schmitztastic, here on the Brand Boost Podcast for the umpteenth time. I don't even know how many times this year you've I don't been on either. Here. Well, it's a pleasure having you. Uh, let us, before we go into this new series, tell the listeners who you are, because some of them don't know you yet. Yeah, sure. So my name is Amy Schmittauer. I am founder and face of a YouTube show called Savvy Sexy Social, essentially how you are going to take over your life and become more proactive. So go check that out at amy.video. But yeah, I just love getting to talk to you, Vincenzo, because you and I work together at Aftermark, where we are helping brands with video to leave their mark. So we have all kinds of fun stuff going on. What's taking so long? Get me back on this show. Uh, I had to wait for a special event like National Boyfriend Day. Oh, well, that's a good reason. I figured it was a great reason today. Yeah. Today is National Boyfriend Day, the day that we're recording this. So the day that we're recording this. Yes. It's It's also just for the record. It's also Mean Girls Day. It is October 3rd, which I just I just I just realized that thanks to our conversation earlier that it was. um, yeah if you don't it's funny like all the girls remember that part of the movie but i don't know maybe you forgot but we cannot seem to i just i just remember the glenn coco part yeah you know like you go glenn coco you like to say that a lot too i just like saying it i don't understand yeah i don't know i'm i'm straight i mean i guess it's kind of a fun thing to say i just i didn't pick it up for some reason you go glenn coco anyway uh you know i get time during my day to think about these things because i don't work for anybody anymore i get to work for myself right so, so I have true. A, i have a lot of time a lot of freedom uh, to opportunities yeah what's one of those you know i've like i've broken free from the traditional corporate world i've pursued my passion i've taken control of my life i've got freedom that comes along with the lifestyle and and i think about mean girls perfect i feel like all of those things are in sync and working for the greater good well i mean i think everybody should watch mean girls anyway i don't want to talk about mean girls anymore. I really don't. <laughs> uh, it's really gonna make my listeners probably think i'm i'm strange and then and that's okay i like to be a little, little they don't odd. already think you're strange then we're in trouble but yeah. i can see why you're having an issue with this a little bit just a little bit uh, the real reason I have you on today is because you and I have been, uh, have been, uh, I guess given the opportunity or we've earned the opportunity, I should say to uh, work with an amazing, amazing company, Spera, uh, on a project known as the freedom economy. And, uh, this is my first episode for the Brand Boost podcast listeners um, that will be a part of a series or the, the beginning of a series known as the Freedom Economy here on the uh, Brand Boost podcast. And it'll be a series of interviews uh, with folks like many of you that are listening that have that have broken free from traditional corporate world, like I mentioned, and have uh, gone out onto your own. You know, many of the interviews I've had in the past have been folks that have done that, but we didn't touch on the ins and outs, the uh, whys of of breaking free from that and why they wanted to go out on their own. We, we didn't really we've never really touched on that. So I'm really happy to have this opportunity with uh, Spera and with you, Amy, to to discuss that and to empower folks, you know, really to empower them 
to uh, grab a hold of their life. Um, whether you are, you know, a freelancer, you're an entrepreneur, you're an artist, a contract worker, whatever it may be, um, to enjoy what you do and to be passionate about something day in and day out. That's really, really what we're, um, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to get people to realize. And, and so we've got this going on and I, I couldn't think of anyone better to have a, a first episode with than you, Amy. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. I'm so excited that we both get to work on this project together. I think it's so important and it's absolutely part of my mission to let people know that they can take control of their life if they so choose. And that might mean starting their own business or starting to freelance in some capacity. So the partnership with Sparrow was absolutely fitting. I know definitely for me and absolutely for what you're doing here at Brand Boost. Because there are some people out there that have great ideas and just don't know what to do with them. So it's really cool to know that there are platforms like this and people that are as wonderful as those that actually work at this company. I think that's my favorite part so far is just the way they think and how open-minded and how much they care about the freelancer and what their life is like and being more efficient. It's just such a pleasure to be able to, to, to work in that kind of environment myself by teaming up with them. So really excited to be a part of your first episode to kick off the series. Uh, a little bit about Spera, uh, being Italian and being as though the brand boost podcast used to have an Italian word of the episode. Mm, uh, Spera what happened is, to that? Uh, well, you know, it, it, it wasn't getting as much love as it did in the beginning. So I had to kind of break off from that. But I'm going to bring it back for this episode because Good idea. spera is derived from the Italian verb to hope. Mm. And speriamo, we hope. Uh, spero, I hope. Um, our hope is firmly placed in the independent worker. And our meaning spera and the freedom, uh, really this whole freelancer and freedom economy. Uh, the hope is placed in the independent worker and the positive impact that we can have on the world where each of us individually and on the economy as a whole are having an impact. And, um, I really, really am excited to work with Spara. First of all, a lot of the guys are Italian, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I enjoyed that part I'm of it. I'm partial to Italians as well. I, yes. Pepperoni, <laughs> pepperoni, right? Yeah. 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 I think it's pretty sure that's what it is. But Spara's goal is to bridge the gap between business management apps, which Amy, you and I both know there's a ton of, and they also, they are, they're bridging the gap between that and the people that they seek to serve and empowering the community to focus on its work rather than have to be worried about all the, the mundane, uh, part of running a business, right? Cause who wants to worry about that? I know I don't. You know, I love the creative, but then I have, then I worry to myself, oh, I forgot. I need project management, invoicing and all other stuff. So for those of you that are are already thinking, wow, I really want to try this Spera out because Vincenzo said Spera is from an Italian word. uh, Check out brandboostcast.com forward slash freedom. And you can sign up for a 30 day trial to Spera. It is everything you need. From project management to invoicing to payments, Spera is your all-in-one platform. 
uh, for that. I also, I just want to quickly mention, um, if you didn't already, the, the freedom economy report that they have there on the site, just to go check that out, especially for those people that might be listening and may or may not be thinking about freelancing, but are strictly, I'm just curious about what this landscape looks like. It's really interesting. There's a lot of great data in there about what our freelance economy actually looks like and how many people are picking up side jobs and freelance opportunities to either supplement income or begin to build out their next career. Definitely some great talk about millennial mindset in there and, and how they're taking ownership over their life by starting a business or, or doing work that's meaningful to them and potentially getting paid for it. Um, so there's a lot of great information on this site. Even if you're, you're not going to use the platform, definitely check out that report. Cause I found a lot of interesting information in there. Yeah. Uh, when you guys head over to brandboostcast.com forward slash freedom, you will, will be directed to the, uh, 30 day free trial, but you can just click on to, uh, Spera as well. Check out at the right on the front page of their site. You can download the freedom economy report and we'll be talking about the Freedom Economy Report throughout the series uh, within the interviews. There's a ton of great statistics on there um, that we'll be referring to, but I highly recommend it. It's free. It's got a lot of insights. And, you know, even if you're not looking uh, for for this software right this second, um, this the report itself just gives you a, a little bit of an insight into the mind of folks today, women and men, uh, everyone all over the world that is moving toward this, uh, or desiring freedom. Mm -hmm. Uh, it gives you a really, really good insight. It's not just millennials. I mean, uh, it's a lot of millennials, but it's, it's it's so interesting. It's just so, so interesting. And it's not just the United States. It's all over the world. I mean, there's a lot of people that are focusing on wanting to be free from, the man, so to speak, and they want to be their own boss, make their own money at whatever rate they can get. Absolutely. Um, you know, nine to five is not fulfilling anymore. They hate it. They want the freedom from the desk. They want to be able to go out, uh, meet, you know, meet uh, people throughout the day. Like, I mean, this morning I woke up and I had a few meetings at a coffee shop this morning. <laughs> And it was, it was great. I didn't have to be anywhere. And of course, each meeting I had was about, a, you know, 45 minutes and they all had to run off and I got to get to work. I have to head back to work. And I'm like, I don't have to report to anybody <laughs> uh, except for Amy, of course, because she, she cracks the whip and aftermark. So, <laughs> but, but really it's just so interesting to see that. And before we dive into the story, uh, our stories, Amy, this is really, really interesting. There's 54 million Americans that have participated in 2015 in some form of independent work. 33% of the entire U.S. workforce is some sort of independent worker. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, I don't know the numbers from, like, the 50s, but if we were to look that up, and I'm, I'm sure I could pull those. And I probably will while you're talking at some point, because now I want to I want to mm -hmm. know. But if we looked at those numbers, I guarantee you it would not be anywhere close to yeah. what we're seeing today. Yeah, it's really interesting. I think 
it's natural based on this whole concept. And this is, this isn't necessarily new as a concept, but reinventing yourself. And this is even something I remember watching an episode of Oprah on, and that's when Oprah had a show and I was coming home from school and mom had Oprah on. And so I, this is really important in order for you to kind of explore these other areas of interest in your life, you know, you might find yourself in a scenario where independent work fits the bill and allows you to kind of explore this in a professional capacity, which also helps you explore it on a confidence level. So I think that this, um, this number is a little bit shocking in some ways in a really cool way. Uh, but not, that's surprising because I mean, if you can classify independent work as a lot of different things too, I can also think of somebody, um, that's maybe retired and still picking up, um, some work to keep themselves busy. And that's certainly not something new, um, in, in recent years. So this number growing is really exciting, but I also think it's growing fueled by this conversation behind finding something meaningful to work in, um, even, um, even if it means potentially leaving the cushy job that you have, which is exactly what I did. Well, I want to hear your, I I do want to hear your story. I just wanted to add one more statistic and this is from Forbes. This is actually something I found, um, in Forbes from 2014. It was early 2014. And, uh, it was the it was a report by the freelancers union and it was in an article there uh, and it said that by 2020 predictions are that freelancers would make up 50% of the labor force by 2020 we're seeing 33% already according to spara so we are more than halfway there mm-hmm. already uh yeah. it, this is real this is happening and uh, we're right in the midst of it yeah. But I, I do want to hear, and I think everybody wants to know a little bit more about how you left your cushy job. And I know you just did a video I did. Uh, for your uh, for for your opener of the Freedom Economy series on the Savvy Sexy Social Show on YouTube. Let, you know what? For the Brand Boost podcast listeners that have probably never watched the show, or for those that are now going to be subscribers to the Savvy Sexy Social Show, I will link this in the show notes. But give us a, a synopsis of what you start, you know, what you were doing after college or, or, uh, you know, Ohio state OH, um, <laughs> I knew you had to do it, <laughs> uh, you know, what you were doing after college and then, and then what changed your mind and, and now, and obviously now what you're doing, even though I know I want the podcast listeners to, to know the whole movement there. Um, so I'll, I'll let you take the stage for a little bit and, and let them listen to you. Yeah, sure. So like Vincenzo said, I did a video on this uh, to kick off the Freedom Economy series at uh, amy.video. If you go to amy.video, that's my YouTube channel for Savvy Sexy Social. The video is called How I Left My Full-Time Job. This is actually something that people have been asking me about for a lot of years. It just wasn't really something that fit into what we were talking about. And now sort of all the stars aligned coming together with Spara and the direction of the show. So I go really kind of in depth over there, but I kind of want to just give an idea for what my journey looked like at the, at the pillar moments. Um, when I got out of high school, I immediately left home because I 
learned growing up that you need to earn everything that you want. And for some reason, I just felt like what I wanted was more freedom. And so that for me meant leaving home because uh, I just wanted to be the person that made the rules for what I was allowed to do. So I wasn't going to disrespect my parents and tried to make up the rules underneath their roof. So I just left. And my dad makes jokes that I was the only kid that they didn't need to kick out. So that's that's fun. That's a fun one to, th- to, to have so under my belt. I know. It's funny when I heard my dad say that the first time I really thought about it. And I was like, huh, that's really interesting. I'm I'm the oldest of four, by the way. So... I left and I've been working full time since that day. Uh, Work is not something weird to me. It is something that I take a lot of pride in. I have a great deal of work ethic and I still did go to Ohio State additionally for political science. I started attending school and would go Buckeyes. I started going for um, the average undergrad and started just working any job that would take me for whatever experience I worked everywhere and eventually found myself in a scenario where I had a decent amount of customer service experience from working um, at a couple of different car dealerships here in Columbus. And I thought I wanted to go to law school and I thought what better way to find out about law school than to work in a law firm. So I was going to school for political science, wanted to thinking about going to law school about two years into college at this point. And I just started applying, um, where I found opportunities, but there actually weren't that many. I found a great ad in the paper on a Wednesday morning. It was so odd for a law firm and applied to be the receptionist. And I got the call and I got the job and it went great. Are, are my dog's freaking out behind me. So she might have some things to say about this if you hear her bark, but it's all good. It's all good. I actually long, took my dog out just for you. Long story long, you know, I got the job and, and our governor took office in Ohio. Um, and his finance director came to work for that law firm where I ended up getting promoted and assisting him there by using that political science degree that I was working on to, um, work in, that actual sector. I had the job. I worked for the best fundraiser in the state of Ohio. I was helping to make calls to the governor and make meetings happen for the people that we were lobbying for. I was helping to raise money for the party and it was the job. I ended up keeping that job when I ran out of night classes and online classes to go to school for. And so I never graduated with that political science degree because I had the job and I was watching everybody leave school and not have a job, but they had a degree, but I didn't have a degree, but I had the job and I had great benefits and I had a great situation. And I was like, well, I don't think I'm just going to stay right here. So I did that. And I ended up working in that position for four and a half years. I think it was at the law firm for almost six. And, um, it wasn't until, probably a, 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 well, it was definitely a year and a half or so before leaving that I started to discover this world of social media because I had a YouTube channel for fun. I had joined, I actually joined YouTube in 2007. 
I was just doing the math on this today. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm approaching oh, my 10 year, oh, 10 year reunion on YouTube. And, but it was for fun, but it helped me end up learning a lot about community building online, which actually led to small businesses asking for my help in how to use this thing that they were being told to use. And that was their Facebook page. Hey, that video thing looks pretty cool, but, um, we just really need help with Facebook. Can you help us with that? So I started taking on freelance work. I started taking on these clients who uh, wanted help with social media. And I just happened to know what I was doing because I was doing it on the side as a passion project, just growing my own community and learning how to communicate with people online. And that was ended up taking over as the passion in my life. I fell out of love with my job. I freaked out when I really finally thought about it and realized I needed to leave my job, I didn't leave for another year, but man, I was losing sleep when I figured that out. I was losing sleep thinking about, I didn't finish the degree. I have the job. I'm not going anywhere. I hate it when people say they have job security. I had job security. I'm telling you, other than the fact that the political parties have to flip flop every now and again, I was doing pretty well. And, and I, decided to let it all go. It took me about a year to finally get to a point where I was ready, but ready didn't mean it was the perfect circumstance. I didn't have full time revenue even coming in. By the time I did leave the job, I just knew that I wasn't going to get to that point until I could give my clients full time attention. I had great inquiries coming in. I had great clients that were existing at the time and I had referrals that were happening and I had a great platform that was growing. So I just knew it was the right time for me to make that move. And I finally did. But if I would not have done that freelance work on the side, if I wouldn't have spent those extra hours, I could have been going to the bar with friends or doing anything else. Honestly, I don't even have a hobby to this day for that very reason. But, um, I spent money. I spent money, my extra money and vacation time to go to conference to learn what I was doing, make sure I was doing the right things. And I was really signing up for something that I could handle. And with all of that stuff came the eventual leap. But if I wouldn't have done all of that, I would have made a leap into God knows where, and probably wouldn't be here talking to you today. Plan B would have been a real thing. So that's really my story with freelancing. It, it, was everything for where I am today. Cause if I wouldn't have done it, then I wouldn't have a business. That's a, it's an interesting story. And I, and I know many others have similar stories, right? I mean, you're not the first one. You're not the last, uh, that has a similar trajectory and you finally just get fed up and you're like, okay, I, I, I have to go do stuff on my own. Like I'm totally, I'm totally annoyed or I'm, I, this is just not me anymore. And what I find really, really, um, I don't even know what the word I'm looking for is, but what I find the most interesting in what you just said is that there really is no such thing as job security, right? I mean, you create your own job security. That's right. That's right. Um, like nobody can tell you now like, Oh, there's no work today, you know, or, or sorry, we're going to have to let you go. If you, Amy Schmittauer, wants to be let go, you can choose to do that. Like if you don't want to have to let myself go. (laughs) Yeah. Well, whether it's letting yourself go or whether it's, uh, you know, allowing a client um, to go or. Yeah. Divorcing yourself from a client, whatever Mm -hmm. it may be. Yeah, I've been there. Um, But that's your choice. Yeah. Right. That's your choice at this point. That's right. And of 
in Spira's Freedom Economy report, of the 100 independent workers that they interviewed and they asked them why they decided to pursue independence in their work, every single person said either freedom, independence, or flexibility mm-hmm. as their motivation. And so flexibility is is more is exactly what I would have said had you asked me this question because that's my situation to, to a T is, is the flexibility. Like I, and you know this about me, Amy, I cannot be bound by, I hate schedules and I mean, I work well with deadlines, but I just like, I do not work with scheduling and I do not work with, um, uh, you know, other people over my shoulder, just, hounding me or micromanaging me. I I just, I don't do well with that. And it's not that I can't get work done if I have to. Um, I just, I don't like it. I don't thrive in that environment. I thrive when the pressure's on. I always have, but when the the pressure comes from within, it's my own pressure that I create for myself. Um, and so my, you know, my story for those that may or may not have heard it here on the podcast in other episodes, um, I did, co- I went to college. I thought college was the right thing to do. Got my degree. Um, and, and my degree was economics, uh, or it was, uh, majored in economics, finance, and I was like two credits shy of getting an account. I could have gotten my accounting degree. It was really, really strange. I was really into numbers and all that, that good stuff. Um, took that degree in 2007 when there wasn't, I'd say the economy was kind of like, eh, there wasn't a lot of jobs out there. It was, I still have friends to this day who graduated with me who still don't have jobs. They graduated college with me in 2007 without jobs that's crazy town uh like what are they doing though really i mean they've got jobs but they don't they're not jobs in anything that they were i mean one of them still works the bank he was at as a teller um you know which which is nothing is wrong with being a teller at all i'm Mm -hmm. I'm not knocking anyone i was a teller for uh for two years when i was in college but, uh, you know, he was a bank teller and it was like, well, I don't want to, I'm not going to be a bank teller the rest of my life. Once I get my degree, I'm going to X, Y, Z and still a bank teller. Um, again, nothing wrong with that, but not what he wanted to do. Another is selling, uh, fitness equipment. And again, nothing wrong with selling fitness equipment. I just know that he didn't want to be selling fitness equipment. This other, you know, a friend of mine. And so it's, it was an interesting time. Uh, 2007, 2008. And I fortunately got a job uh, through my, my dad's, one of my dad's client, my dad's electrical contractor. One of his clients was a pretty big print company, uh, printing label printing company. So they made um, labels on anything you see like uh, Corona, Bud Light, any of those bottles, Yankee Candle. Um, I mean, they had tons of brands, uh, Coca-Cola, Tropicana. And so they hired me to be an account executive. And I was like, Oh, cool. I get to kind of be a liaison with, with the customer. And I'm like, this is going to be great. I'm good with people. I love this already. And so I, I did that, uh, for a few months and then they said, okay, well, 
we really don't need you in this spot. Let's have you go and manage inventory. And I'm like, okay, cool. And they had multiple warehouses all across the country. So it was actually pretty interesting. And I learned a lot about shipping and I learned a lot about inventory management. I actually was a, was a certified forklift operator trainer. And the, the, I was like the OSHA guy, the safety guy in the shop. So I handled all of the CPR um, training. I handled all the forklift operator training. I made sure all of that was going on while I, I was doing my, so it was completely opposite <laughs> of what I wanted to do, but it was really, it was really cool. It just wasn't what I wanted at all. Right. And so, uh, I had a time schedule, you know, eight to eight to four. I was in seven to 12 on Saturdays and obviously I had Sundays off. Um, but that just wasn't me. I was like, this, this isn't what I want to do. I mean, for me, I would say, okay, if I got my work done, why do I have to be here? And no one ever understood that. Um, it was very old school. Um, I actually did get laid off from that job because they were like, well, we really don't have a position for you. And I knew they didn't have a position for me because they were kind of would toss me back and forth whenever they saw fit. And I'm like, all right, this, this is terrible. So that, that pushed me into a direction of kind of like, where am I going to go? And from there I did a number of things from, um, <laughs> I was a cosmetologist for a few, few years while I was working in uh, doing branding and social media. This is late 2009 when social media was like, just coming about and people were like, how do you use this for business? But I was finding ways to do it with, um, with Paul Mitchell schools and Paul Mitchell salons. So I had that opportunity again, great experience. Um, family owned and operated schools and salons, uh, the Paul Mitchell. So I got a chance to do that, be behind a chair, learn about dealing with people again. I, again, it was always people oriented. That's, that's what I was. I was always people oriented. So, uh, of course working for family is never a good idea. And I, I strongly believe in that today. Um, but from that point I ended up uh, working in a nonprofit, which I really, really loved. Loved that job. Uh, loved who I worked with, loved the cause I worked for. I did that for about three years and I had the opportunity to work with families that were, you know, uh, so appreciative for the work we were doing. And that was something I wanted to do. It was actually a, a goal that I had written down for myself was I wanted to work for a nonprofit, like for a nonprofit that was actually doing something. And it was the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. And to this day, I have a special place in my heart for the Connecticut chapter and for the uh, Cystic Fibrosis uh, Foundation as a whole. Uh, they're doing tremendous work there um, with research and funding research. So that was something that I was so happy to have done. But then from that point, when I realized that I had a lot of other talents and skills, which was always in the branding and marketing, that's what I, I was always the one in charge of that in the offices. And, um, I was even working on the national level with the social media team on helping them with, with how to, uh, you know, brand themselves and how to, uh, you know, I was creating content calendars and editorial calendars and whatnot for the foundation as a whole. And, and that was like really intrigued me. So I, I decided that, nonprofit money wasn't, I was never going to make enough. I was never going to support a family that I wanted, you know, that's what I wanted. And so I started working in an agency and, uh, for about, uh, three years I did agency work. And I realized that that's not what I wanted to, I didn't want to work for somebody doing that. And then, uh, now here we are after Mark is, is alive and, and well, and we are, uh, we're 
we're doing it. We're doing it, Aim. Like we, it's, yeah. it's, you know, Aftermark is new, but we've kind of, kind of re reorganized our own businesses to come together. And so this has been about two years now with my own, my own, actually over two years now on my own. And mm-hmm. it's been fantastic. It has been the best decision that I've ever made. And I am happy that I have the flexibility. Uh, I get to travel, which is something that people think like, oh, you must be rich because you're traveling. I'm like, no, I'm traveling because I'm working. And I, uh, you know, I, this is what I do. Like, even though it looks fun, it's work, but I don't even look at it. Like the line is so blurred, which is great, which is exactly what I wanted. It's the flexibility to say work is play and play is work and it all works together. And I'm, I love the people I do it with. Mm-hmm. Um, you and and of course (laughs) of course others but i love the people i do it with i love who i do it for and i love why i'm doing it you know the why is so so important for me it's not just about the money you know if it's just about the money and you're you're just chasing money and you're chasing the almighty dollar you're never going to get there you know it's never going to be enough it's like a horse you know chasing a carrot like you're never going to get that carrot so why not chase after something you can achieve and, I, and happiness, you know, happiness is something you truly can achieve. And I'm, I'm, I've found that and am, am finding that. And the more you strive for happiness, the more you, you, um, it seems like the more you make, right. It, which is, it's kind of a side, it's like, a. It's almost a side effect of being happy. Like, oh, I'm also making money. This is great. Or I'm also doing cool things and working with great brands and traveling the world. Like, and you don't even realize, you know, I know you and I were talking the other day and it was just like, wow, we've traveled here, 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 there, like everywhere. And we don't even realize that here we are at the, almost the end of the year. We're in the last quarter of the year. We don't even realize all the cool places we've been and the cool things we've done. I know. I was actually thinking about doing an entire, uh, either video or a, potentially a podcast spoiler alert, thinking about bringing my podcast back about all of the cities Bring that we podcast back visited yeah. like just this year. It's crazy. Thank goodness for trip it, for keeping track of my travel life, man. It's incredible. You know, and to me, that's what is most important is being happy, is being flexible, uh, the ability to, uh, you know, when I need to go and take care of my grandparents, Mm -hmm. I can go do that. Uh, When I want to go and meet a friend for coffee, I can go and do that. When I want to go and watch my little cousin's hockey game, I can go and do that. When I want to come <laughs> travel to Columbus to come see you, I can go and do that. And I don't have to put time in with my boss. I can just work from Columbus or I can work from LA or San Diego or anywhere um, in the world. So I mean, that to me is the, uh, is what I've, or I've wanted to achieve. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's no longer, and I, and I mean, correct me if, or not correct me, but if you think I'm wrong, just you can argue this a point. But I think we see more and more people aren't striving for, I just got to make a ton of money, right? Right. No. I, we, I don't think that that's, if that's going to be the only reason why you make a change, it's going to be a really long road, no matter what route you choose that could have everything to do with starting a freelancing, um, revenue model in your life or not. Uh, obviously there's, 
financial opportunity there, but the amount of work and number of hours you have to put in and all this time. And the reason that we have the flexibility and the freedom we have today is because we put in that time in other ways and in other consequences, uh, that have taken place. You know, you have to really, really understand that why, so that you will continue to press through that that growing pain, um, the downtime when, when the economy decides to, you know, take its toll on you. And quite frankly, I I don't always find that to be a good argument, but people still use it. So I don't discount that. It's really, really important that you, you have a bigger reason than, um, just the dollars. What I think it's, is amazing about our, our, the current state of, of, you know, humanity today, specifically the millennial demographic is that it's not just about money. I know this, you know, heavily from conversations in, you know, local meetings here in Columbus, as I'm a part of the transportation board, I'm the uh, president of the downtown residents association. And we talk about this a lot. The millennials are making a decision about where they live, potentially out of college. They're making that decision based on what the city is like, what there is to do there, and not necessarily securing the job first, not necessarily looking at their options um, from how much money they're going to make. They're looking at overall quality of life. And so that's, you know, we talk about that in Columbus because we're always trying to figure out how do we continue to appeal to that demo because we want them to start a life here. But regardless, that's really what people are thinking about. They're thinking about quality of life. And if you can find that, and that's a lot of different aspects, the kind of work you do, how fulfilled you are, the hours of day, are you accessible to your family? Can your family function on these hours? Whatever those things are, money and and everything else, how much it costs to live, all of those things are being considered. So I think it's incredible that we can look at things that way today. And that's what's making the freedom economy even more uh, incredible and impactful on someone's life as an opportunity for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And yeah, I like to compare, you know, we live in the United States, but in different, different parts of the world, you know, things are are a lot different. And so uh, I compare things to, uh, to, I'll just say Italy. And I have family there. I have family in Southern Italy. Uh, that's where my, my father was born. Mm-hmm. My parents were born. And what is really, really interesting is how they live their life, how they enjoy their life. You know, so when I have, when I have cousins that come visit here or when we go and visit cousins there, whatever it may be, they're always so blown away as to how much we work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're not, we're not taking away the nine to five to work less a lot of the time. <laughs> no, no, not at all. But it's, it's really, you know, that quality of life. And I just want to, I want to liken it to the quality of life, right? They're focused on quality of life. So I think that the millennial generation is, is working towards having that quality of life. And rather than be tied down, because I don't think you can ever really have that quality of life. If if you live here in the U.S. where we've created this society of uh, it's just a different society, right? In Europe, you have a month off pretty much in the middle of the year in August, like everybody's off and they're all 
out on vacation. Like we don't have that lifestyle. So how do you create that lifestyle? How do you create that? And I think you can create it. And like you and I are working towards creating that lifestyle for ourselves. And that's through having our own business, having our own clients, working in our own, um, at our own pace. Um, but I don't think the rest of, and I'm not saying it's just you and I, the rest, meaning those other, you know, 60% of non, uh, independent workers. I don't know if they even think it's possible because of like the expectations that society has put on us at this point. So I think there's a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of opportunity. I only think, or I see that independent workers are not only going to grow moving forward, which you know, like Forbes said by 2020, 50%, but I think the best years are to come for independent workers. Like, I, I don't think we're anywhere near the, the perfect point in time for independent workers, for freelancers, for entrepreneurs. I think it's, it's coming. I mean, I, I think we're, we're coming up to it. And over the next few years, I mean, as technology, mobile technology, social networking platforms, uh, collaboration, community tools, as that grows, I think the freedom economy accelerates as well. And I just don't think we've hit the, the peak of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, think about it this way. Like, and, and you'll read this. You might see this in the Freedom Economy report. Uh, it was one of the freelancers mentioned this and said, I can upload and store 30 gigabytes of documents, files and email, collaborate and share with others all in one location from my laptop. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's reality, right? I mean, you and I do a lot of our work. I mean, we're, we're in separate locations right now. I mean, you're in Columbus. I'm in New Haven, Connecticut. Uh, for those of you that don't know where New Haven is. Columbus is in Ohio. For those of you that don't know where Columbus is. Everyone knows where Columbus is. Yeah. They're not thinking well, I, of any of the other ones. <laughs> right. There's no other Columbus. Um, you know, we work, we work with cloud services on a daily basis. I mean, cloud, it makes us, it makes what you and I are doing possible. And, and I, you know, you and I, for the sake of this conversation, but there's many, many others uh, that are doing that as well. And it, it's, it's quite it's quite fascinating to me. I mean, uh, we, our friends, uh, John Lee Dumas and Kate Erickson, they just picked up and moved to Puerto Rico. Yeah. Right. And they're like, well, we can run our business from anywhere. Why wouldn't we want to live in like this amazing place? So now they, they live in Puerto Rico. And, uh, so, you know, shout out to them. We just, we were just with them in Maine and, you know, we were having a conversation very similar to this at breakfast one day where how, you know, how beautiful is it? It, it? You sit back first when you get downtime, to, to sit back and breathe. And you're like, wow, we get to do this. Like, this is life that we get to do this. And I don't think that if we were all working nine to fives, we would have that realization. I, I mean, maybe we would, but I don't think, I don't think that's the case. What do you think? Mm -hmm. <sighs> hmm. I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, to me, it's, there's nothing like, sitting back at my desk at the end of a day and saying, wow, yeah. everything I just accomplished today is for myself is for my family is for my business, my partner. I think uh, the biggest thing though is keeping that focus. Yeah. Allowing yourself to sit back in that chair and that that's a completely different topic, but mm -hmm. it's, it's really interesting when you get on this side of the freelance gig 
and it is. It's, always, it's always the grass is always greener, right? But oh, of course, I mean, listen, there's there's challenges. I think you yeah. have you have, and not to derail this train, but like you have healthcare and tax issues, you have business management tools, sure. you have how do you differentiate? How do you raise capital? Retirement getting paid. I mean, we, you and I have had plenty of stories over the past couple months with not getting paid in time, right? Uh, dealing with having to knock down doors to get payments. I mean, those are real issues, and I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to make others think like, oh, wow, working for yourself is so perfect. Like, it's not, it's not, it's it, every, anything you do has challenges. Anything you do has, uh, some sort of issue. But I think when you realize that there's issues anywhere you go, you take, like you said, the good and the bad. Right. And if, if having to deal with business management tools and figuring out how to save for retirement is the worst of the, the, the biggest of my concerns for the day. Like I'm doing good because I'm still happy. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that everyone just has to realize that there's going to be, there's going to be challenges on both sides, both sides of this and that's it. But to remember that no matter what you're winning at, whether you're winning at your job right now and you're hoping to leave at some point, but you do have that win, you know, allow yourself to celebrate that. And then when, when you do get to a point where you've achieved something and, and you're doing it for you and you're doing it for your why really allow yourself to appreciate that because no matter where you are in either of those moments, you're going to have tough times. You're going to have challenges and obstacles. And so I think, I think that's what's so cool about it is that any obstacle that we have right now, any, any challenge is because we made it so not because something happened to us. And I actually think that's true all of the time, but it's so much easier to be the victim when you're convinced you're not doing it for you. So really remembering you're doing it for you and to embrace that and to sit in that and appreciate that. And appreciate that everything that happens along the way, it's on you, which is a good thing. You can always make it better. You can always make a change whenever you want. The freedom economy is growing across the globe. It is just getting started. Freedom and independence have uh, driven political and social revolutions throughout human history. Uh, this time, I think it is an economic revolution. Um, and it's bringing change like it has many other times in the past. There's millions of people opting for independence in their personal lives, their work lives, and technology is making it easier for this choice. Um, while doing all this doesn't have zero challenges, of course, there's fears. We, we've all had to jump in. We've, you know, with both feet at some point, um, the prospects of succeeding or for succeeding as an independent or a freelancer, as an entrepreneur, have never been higher. And the benefits of choosing freedom and independence have never been greater. Mm. Like now is the time. Welcome to the freedom economy. Amy, I thank you for joining me on episode one of the Freedom Economy series. Thank you for having me. This is such a good chat. I'm really excited to hear what the, the rest of the episodes sound like for you. Uh, you know, for those of you that want to listen to the rest of the episodes of the freedom economy, uh, we will have amazing conversations with, uh, folks like Coca Sexton who left the job at LinkedIn, uh, Savannah Peterson, who is every day grinding in Silicon Valley, uh, and 
jumped from her position uh, to work on her own. Uh, we'll talk to April Smith, who is doing her thing in Charlotte. She's working and has building a thriving, thriving marketing agency. And we've got a couple other guests to be announced. Uh, so you'll have to listen to future episodes of the Freedom Economy series here on the Brand Boost podcast. Um, Amy, uh, it's great to hear more about your story. Uh, I mean, I I get the benefit of hearing it and knowing a little bit more about it because of our personal relationship. But for those that don't uh, have that, uh, I think it's 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 awesome to hear what you did and now where you are, because a lot of people don't see everything that happened before. They're like, oh, you must have been doing this you know, forever. And, and you, and you weren't, you know, you went through uh, tough times to get to where you are and, and, and now it's more rewarding than ever. And so I thank you for telling that story here on the brand boost podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Vincenzo. I'm happy to tell that story. Well, I'm going to have you back multiple times, but I think I'm going to have you back, uh, again for, uh, one of the final episodes of the freedom economy series. And we will, uh, we'll wrap up these great interviews. We'll do some, uh, we'll do some listening to, uh, the other interviews. We'll have sound bites and whatnot, and then we'll go through that and, and tie it all in. I, this is going to be really exciting for, for us. It's going to be really, really great for the listeners who haven't really heard this side of interviews here on the brand boost podcast. So I'm excited to bring that to you. Uh, if you are interested in a 30 day trial of Spera, uh, you can check out brandboostcast.com forward slash freedom for a 30 day free trial of this platform that is bringing together project management tools, invoicing tools, um, and really helping you get paid faster through payment tools as well. Uh, at Spera.io, you can get the free 30-day trial by heading over to brandboostcast.com forward slash freedom. Amy, thank you so much for joining me today on, uh, on the show. I'm really excited for the Freedom Economy series. Uh, excited to work with, with great folks like Spera. Um, but let, let the listeners know where they can find you and where they can find your Freedom Economy content. Absolutely. So I will be sharing my videos for the series at amy.video. That's going to take you straight to my YouTube channel. Uh, I've already published the one, like I said before, uh, but you can also just watch for it at SavvySexySocial.com. And if you did listen to this episode, I would love to chat with you. My favorite place to do that is on Twitter. So at Schmatastic. I will go find you there. Uh, I'm sure you'll have a lot of problems finding me, Ben. Yeah. I, until next time. Ciao. This has been a VincenzoLandino.com production. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy the Brand Boost podcast, please give us a rating, write a review, or subscribe. Head on over to brandboostcast.com forward slash subscribe.